Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We watched Fear Factor for so long. Yes. Like, come on. Talk that talk, Sydney. Come on. Think you telling me Joe Rogan isn't slightly responsible for the coronavirus? Are you saying that on the record or off the record? This is on the record. That buff motherfucker has to have played a part in the coronavirus. If you're telling me that eating things that we're not supposed to eat is how you get these diseases, then I have to believe that Joe Rogan making a bunch of white people eat Madagascan cockroaches is going to lead to a potential deadly disease. Also, he's mixing that with muscle milk. He's telling people to eat cockroaches and then drink it down with muscle milk. That's going to create something weird. Uh-oh, there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another spectacular, devastating, oh, stunning episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of Black conspiracy theories and we finally work to prove that that little boy from Blackish is, in fact, one of Omarosa's horcruxes. Yes, he absolutely is a part of her soul. Don't you dare try to be fooled by all that dancing and that charming little smile. That bastard is part of Omarosa's spirit that she cut off and is using to indoctrinate the Black community. I believe it, and I'll fight every day to prove it. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. As always, I'm coming in hot today, baby. Not only because it's a good day, but partly because I'm at my friend's house. I can't record in my own home because I just found out that uh, coax cables don't just come standard in homes. You know, the cable that you plug your modem into, they don't just show up everywhere. You got to kind of earn that, I guess. You got to get somebody to come in and fix it for you. So I'm struggling. I'm using a different man's Wi-Fi, which... That doesn't make you feel powerful as a person, but here we are, and I'm enjoying it. I'm excited because today we have a spectacular guest. I bet she has three or four coax cables in her house. She has that kind of power, that kind of resource, that kind of sway in the industry. Her home is filled with coax cables. She's amazing. She's hilarious. She maybe is one of my biggest bullies on the internet. Uh, You know her from her wonderful podcast called Unofficial Expert. You know her from Comedy Central. You know her from just being hilarious around town and on the internet. Oh, and Sid Can Cook. Do not forget about Sid Can Cook every Sunday. You know her from all the things. Give it up for my guest, Miss Sydney Washington. Yeah. Hey. 
Yeah, How are you? No, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. You got a podcast. This is great. I, I, I don't like you calling me a bully. All I do is uplift you. I don't know that that's true at all. I think uh, I think you've been very unkind to me in a multitude of spaces. All I say is great thing. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad we're friends. Uh, and if you I ever think... if you ever need to borrow some Wi-Fi from me, let me know, man. Okay. If I ever need to borrow some Wi-Fi, I can just holler at you mm-hmm. and you'll you'll take care of that. I'll take care of it. I'll put it on my tab. Okay. And if I'm understanding you correctly, you're not even on your own Wi-Fi right now. Am I understanding that correctly? You're on someone else's Wi-Fi? I am on someone else's Wi-Fi, yes. <laughs> I'm visiting. I'm in, I'm in L.A. I'm, I'm usually in New York, but I, mm-hmm. I'm in L.A. right now. And uh, But I feel like this person's Wi-Fi is also my Wi-Fi. We share sure. Wi-Fi. Yeah, this is an extended family of Wi-Fi. Exactly, family. and naturally, you have no problem uh, extending that family even further to yes. me. Should I be in? Need. Absolutely, family is family. It's a beautiful proverb, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one I like to go back to every evening. And I'm glad that you're extending it to me. I'm I excited. Think, I think you're ready for a commercial, right? That was like that's like right on the nose with like AT and T, T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, if AT and T. If if one of those uh, horrible companies that are attached to <laughs> the prison labor want to call me and ask me to say some nice things about their Wi-Fi, I'll happily do it. Okay. I don't uh, care that y'all have slaves. Oh, I will, oh. I will talk kindly about your Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe slavery is necessary for good Wi-Fi. I don't know. I'm not a learned man. I just know they have slaves and they have fantastic Wi-Fi. We love these those facts. together. Is this a conspiracy theory or a fact? <laughs> <laughs> is, this a, is this a Langston fact or is this a, do you you know for a fact that they have slaves? I I know for a fact that a number of those companies that you listed use prison labor as part of their resourcing and uh, are invested in private prisons. Do you want to call that slavery? I don't know. How woke are you, Sydney? How comfortable are you being on the other side of uh, capitalism? I mean, we all have cell phones, though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what plan are you on? <laughs> are you are oh. you sending a messenger bird? Like, don't say all this shit about these companies, <laughs> but still use it. Don't be Hotep, Langston. Oh, no, no, no. I absolutely will be Hotep. <laughs> and I absolutely will be a, a complete walking contradiction. Mm. I am 100. Listen, let me say this carefully and explicitly. I will happily continue to use these products while simultaneously <laughs> pointing out that they have flawed mission statements and, and flawed misuses of their products. Heard you. Okay. Heard you. As long as we're being clear. Okay. But I just feel like the energy that you pushing off is I'm a bad person because I, I low-key promoted them. and now. You're oh, like, no, this isn't about you at all. This is just me uh, calling out the mean man who I also will call daddy later. Uh, oh, you know what I mean? Okay. I don't fight it. This is where we're at. I'm excited today. You uh, sent a conspiracy theory that okay. I think might be one of the most classic in all of black history Mm -hmm. that like if anybody were to ask what is the most quintessential black conspiracy theory you nailed it and you said my mama told me aids was created by the government to eliminate the blacks the blacks i said the The black i did (laughs) i did put that in the blacks you were very clear as i am a part of the blacks i'm i'm I didn't want to say the blacks, like I'm not a part of it. We're all sure the the blacks was not you uh, pushing away from right. from your people. It was more of just the way that I assume the government would refer. Yes, to us. that's exactly. What I mean. That's fair. And now, right. okay, this is exciting because now we're getting into the classics, baby. Mm-hmm. And and is this a classic that you subscribe to? Uh, all right, so. On the record, right? <laughs> this is all on the record. <laughs> on the record. No, no, no. Off the record is like, you know, if they try to cut this podcast up, and I'm like, I, I said off the record. So this is, I got you. You know what I mean? On the record, <laughs> they promoted as like AIDS was hitting the, the Black and Latino communities so hard, right? Mm-hmm. But then when we do the marches and when we do 
the like the movie Philadelphia who had AIDS, white people. Ah. If it was just blacks and Latinos that were highly affected, they wouldn't have been raising that much money. Ah, yeah. So that's I what, see what you're so doing. So that's what I really think. I think that they made blacks the the face of it, but overall, it was really wiping out uh, the the beige and the Caucasians, and that's why they were like, let's raise this money. I got you. Well, as a beige, I'm devastated to hear that uh, my people are being wiped out. But it, this is also OK. This this is a fascinating take on the issue. Right. Because right. what you're suggesting is that we are mere black people are merely front facing mm -hmm. uh, for this issue. We're not it's not so much that we are experiencing it so much more than everyone else, uh, but that they want us to believe that we're experiencing it more than everyone else because they want it to be a black and brown problem. Is that what you mean? Right. It's it's a it's a scare tactic. It's saying, well, mm. well you guys are out here. You're doing drugs the most. You're you're the most gay. Because at first it was like, oh, well, only like gay people were getting AIDS. And then they right. realized like, oh, <laughs> it's like blood transfusions. Like anybody, mm -hmm. like drugs, it, it's not just a sexuality thing. Anybody can get it. So, but if they put that on the community, right then it makes you feel less inclined to actually be proud of who you are. You're like, oh, well, all my people are getting AIDS like that? Well, right. damn. See, that's the problem. They're not pitching AIDS as something tight. Mm -hmm. They could be like, AIDS is dope and everybody's getting it. Look at you, the gays, the whites. We're all, everybody's enjoying some AIDS. But instead they made it a horrible thing that only black and brown people were, be and gay people were being attached to. Right. I mean, and then you watch the movie Philadelphia and mm -hmm. you, you just see so many of the themes in the movie like, oh, it is about the gays. Yeah, we are going to put it on the gays. But then you see this white man that you're like, oh, he is relatable. He is human. Now mm -hmm. we care. And we have Denzel Washington is like, oh, the strong black lawyer that you're like, oh, finally we get to see him the way that we want to see black people, but he's low key, like homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he like, was super homophobic <laughs> in that moment. I said low key, but he was high key. It was high key, low key homophobia. <laughs> he was pretty loud about it. He did very not loud. like the gay. Very, very loud. So Do you remember in that movie, Antonio Banderas and Tom Hanks are, uh, are hooking up. Yes. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It was, I mean, progressive as fuck movie. Yeah. But, but so, we, but we needed to see that movie for us to, to realize, oh, but when white people get AIDS, like we should care. It's mm -hmm. not a bad thing. Oh, look right. how people are treating them so poorly. Right. But that's yeah, okay. Because he was like a, a big fancy lawyer. Mm -hmm. He was all the story that uh, white people sort of associate with like a clean life, yes. and a life without trials and tribulation. Right. And here we see Tom Hanks at sort of like his most uh successful at least in mm -hmm. movies and television yeah. that we've seen him also being afflicted with this terrible disease absolutely and that is when they turned it around and they were like oh yes it is happening to the black and latinos but now we should actually do something about it and care and see that's where they did it even more fucked up because tom hanks was smushing into antonio banderas in that movie and they forced another latinx person yes. to be associated with a disease that otherwise in this situation should just be about the white man yes okay mm -hmm. i hear i hear your tone and i'm <laughs> I, on the record i i hear you on the record i hear you off the, re love, off the record yes uh -huh. but on, okay. on the record i'm like i hear you you see you, what I did you there? You're listening ears yes, open yeah. on the record, but <laughs> off the record, you fucking with yes, you. Yes. <laughs> okay, you zoned in on the record. I get that. Let's just keep tracking this throughout. Okay. I want you to keep telling I'll, me no, I'm gonna, yeah. these feelings are on the record or off the record throughout the whole of the podcast. That way we know uh, what you really fuck with and what you have to present you fuck with mm -hmm. so that, you know these whites don't uh, turn on you. I love that you're a uh, light-skinned uh, mansplaining my bit. I love it. Oh, yeah. well, 
<laughs> All right, let's make it a gendered issue too. I would like for you at any point to tell me when I have overstepped my position and have turned this into another example of the patriarchy at mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Feel free. I see you got your I, little ass podcast. Now you want to explain my fucking jokes, Langston. I see what you're doing over there. Well, if you explain them better yourself, oh, wow. I wouldn't have to get up in here and do it a second time. Now that's just facts. Anyway, they're funnier than when I'm just <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. Because because I think what you're getting into is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm bought in, right? Right. But let me ask you this. From whom did you first hear this conspiracy theory? Where do you think the source material actually came from for you? Uh I do want to say that it came from I won't say necessarily my mother, but like mother adjacent. Like mm -hmm. I'm listening into conversations of like grown folks that right. are like Ramona, which is her first name, um, <laughs> Ramona Marie. Um, Y'all don't have to black that out. She knows that I talk about her on the podcast. She knows who she is she knows and she, she knows what she did. Yes, she knows. Um, but adults that have these conversations, um, when they think that kids are not listening, they, they do talk about that mm -hmm. and how... Um, I mean, I was born in Harlem when the crack epidemic was at its highest. And oh, shit. so not only did I know about the the crack, but also the AIDS. So right. um, I constantly like getting older, like not an adult, but just being a kid and knowing like I moved to California because there were so much drugs in my neighborhood and because of. I don't think necessarily AIDS, but uh, mainly because of the drugs. They're like, if you go and live in Oakland, California, you'll be able to be a kid and have a right. kid's life. Well, that's you're hitting on something really fascinating because even in them talking about AIDS and them talking about sort of like this very terrible disease, mm -hmm. right? You're dealing with a second type of framing. So you're dealing with the drug epidemic that's happening in your community. And that's the scary thing that everybody's talking about, mm -hmm. which means that AIDS sort of finds itself at best in a number two position. Right. Where it's not the most dangerous thing that's happening when it might have been an equally dangerous issue mm -hmm. or, you know, sort of pandemic that exists in your community. I mean, it's hard to talk about this because there could have possibly been somebody in my family that was like gay and when they when people did talk about aids they and also being gay it's like they're both a bad thing right it's it's not good but also like being gay and having aids is worse than drugs right right cuz like i could have had one family member that was on crack and then the other family member was on was gay and they're like i'd rather you be on crack because then, then we can fix that right we can fix you you can get off of crack right but you can't get off the dick and you you can't fix aids so, <laughs> that's, this is all off the record and that what i just said that was off the record. that dick is too addictive yeah. we can't get you off that but but crack Crack, we we can send you somewhere. We can clean you up. Yeah. Goddamn, that delicious dick. Yeah. No beating it. <laughs> Off the record. Yeah. Off the record. But dick is fantastic is apparently what we're hearing. Yes. Okay. So that's very interesting because that means it's such a, a complicated layering of the things that sort of uh, we struggle with in black communities, mm -hmm. right? Is it's never a single issue. No. When white people are being hit with like the opioid crisis right now, they're able to treat it like a singular issue. We are doing too many uh, pills and we need to stop doing pills and we will set up programs to stop people from doing pills. Suddenly the crisis goes away. But for black people, you're dealing with poverty, you're dealing with drugs, you're dealing with violence, you're dealing with all these other racism, racism, just general racism that mm -hmm. probably led to all the things that were listed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you subsequently are never able to just be free of the singular issues because all of them are layered on top of each other. Right. And then didn't they, at first they were saying like AIDS was really prevalent in Africa. Mm -hmm. Was it the AIDS hit Africa first and then it came to the United States or was it like 
it started in Africa, but then blew up in America, but then went back to Africa? Like, what was it? Was it on tour? <laughs> was AIDS on tour? I'm, I'm trying to get this correct. AIDS um, is on a 50-city tour, uh, international, mm-hmm. and uh, it made its stops. But, you know, like many artists, it hit big in certain cities, certain okay. towns, much like, you know, the Beatles or your jay-z's if you will you said az uh, then aids was jay-z <laughs> aids and jay-z they yeah. sound similar they i'm gonna do. say they're the same uh i don't know if you remember this i definitely remember hearing it as a kid because i never knew where aids came from right the origin story that we used to always spread at uh school was that uh somebody had fucked a monkey, monkey. yep in yeah, africa that in africa and in all of the continent of Africa, there was never any specificity no, around Africa. where in Africa, but generally an African person fucked a monkey and then uh, created AIDS. And in fact, I don't, did you hear it was an African person? No, we just know that it was a man that uh-huh. fucked a monkey and that's 100% how a man. AIDS started. Yeah. I I think as I'm thinking about it, and the reason I asked that question, a part of me thinks maybe I heard that it wasn't an African person, but that also could have been that Chappelle bit that's very funny where right. he's like uh fucking chim chim and he yes. feels it like a banana. Well, this is gonna be another off the record thing. But if we're just like <laughs> historically looking at the beige man, uh-huh. I think they would be more likely to have sex with a monkey than sure uh, an african-american right uh certainly a black person yeah i i would assume the black people that lived in the area where aids was first created mm-hmm. or, or sort of at least transitioned they had seen monkeys before yeah oh they yeah weren't. they were called monkeys so then they right like, well, I, I don't just i don't just see them like being in africa fucking their cousin Right. You don't you don't see a monkey every single day and be like, I don't know what it is today, but this one looks sexy as fuck. Right, right, you, right. It's the person that goes there and is like on vacation and it's like, I want to try something different. And then I want to put nice I want to put corn rolls with little beads at the end, you know, uh-huh. and then and I want to fuck a monkey. <laughs> I want to fuck a monkey. <laughs> That's what they do when they're on vacation, <laughs> is it not? It happens in the Bahamas all the time. Right, Sharon? <laughs> I want to get my hair braided. I want to buy weed from a person who doesn't sell weed. Mm-hmm. And I want to fuck a monkey. Yeah. These are the normal vacation behaviors that white people have participated in for generations. Yeah. And so it, I let's agree it was a white person who fucked that monkey. Yeah. But in order for, I mean, do you know the numbers of how many people were actually killed from AIDS during the epidemic? Uh, not offhand. Okay. No, I, what, this ain't a research podcast. Yeah. They said that you were going to do the hard work. So I figured that you were going to hit me with some statistics, some numbers, like. Oh, I will. But I saved that for the second act. You're out here uh, asking for it just to be available to you. And uh, I think that's unfair. (laughs) I'm sorry. And if there's a woman explaining, I think you're doing that. Ooh, no such thing. We don't, Off the record, we don't do, I think you're doing the wrong thing. We don't do to such me. a thing. <laughs> we give you enough time to talk and explain. That's that's usually what women do. I feel differently as a person that lives with a woman uh, currently. Oh, it's different. Think, you're married. This is not. She's helping you, if anything. Okay, yeah. this is help that yes, she's providing. Absolutely. So when I'm being picked at and held captive for the choices that I'm making, this is a person bettering me. Yeah. Okay. Glad we cleared that up Mm -hmm. because it feels like I'm in prison, but I hear now that maybe jail is good for me, that this is going to reform me. This is going to allow me to be a better person. Is this on the record or off the record? I'd say it's off the record, but I've lost track of what the rules are for on the record and off the record. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Because you weren't listening. That's your fault. I wasn't listening. I was too busy mansplaining. and I've (laughs) learned a lot today. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we're going to be back with more Sydney Washington and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we are back. more i am delivered we're back here with more sydney washington and more my mama told me we're still talking about that that gruesome aids virus and where it came from and the possibility that was all started by a man who fucked a monkey a white man a beige man as sydney calls him who had sex with a monkey i don't know if that's true i think for after a while that got refuted pretty quickly I think white people didn't like that as a potential uh, spreader. You know what I mean? Like as a potential source of where this came from. But they also didn't want us to know that it was hitting them harder than what we were, Mm -hmm. the information that we were getting. Right. That this was for a while just exclusively black and brown people. Yeah, because then you go to the walks. You could go to the AIDS walk. And it's like all these white people with quilts of their friends. Right. And it's like your friends also look like you. So y'all all we're all at this. And it's I'm talking about thousands and thousands of people walking for uh-huh. AIDS. And I'm not saying that black people don't walk, but we were not at those walks like that. And that's that's where it gets complicated is were we not invited to those walks mm. or were we invited and we just don't have the numbers that y'all have Mm. for these walks one way or the other something uh something tricky is happening yes yes hell yeah so i did some research i dug into some research that i'm now ready to talk to you about not like before when you were just trying to throw it at me i'm ready to talk to you about the research i found now Mm -hmm. and i what i would love for you to do what i'd love to happen is i share some research and you give me your thoughts on it okay the interesting part of this research that really starts off in a weird way is that they start off by talking about every article i read at least talks about aids in the uh african-american community which I don't know if that word bothers you or that term bothers you as much as it does for me. But I, I typed in like, how does AIDS affect black people? And then they're like, African-Americans suffer from AIDS at this number. And it's like, mm, that feels like a white person came in and uh, fixed this. Does that make sense? But also it does sound problematic for them to just call us black. The blacks, blackie. Like oh. it just, you know, it's a, they say African-American, so they don't sound as racist as it comes off their tongue. Oh, see, I take it the opposite way in that African-American feels like a long way for them to call me nigger over tea. This feels jarring in a way that I don't care for. (laughs) But I will agree to disagree (laughs) about this one. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Keep going. 
so the first real case of AIDS as we know it came in June of 1981, right? Mm -hmm. But before then, there were plenty of cases that probably were uh, people dying or suffering from the AIDS virus, but they didn't know it as no, such. They, they were actually yeah. calling it like a super pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's dying is like getting this super pneumonia or whatever they were calling it back then. And it wasn't until later that they discovered like, oh shit, this actually might be its own disease and not just, you know, somebody with a bad cold kind of thing. When you think about it, we just listen and it's like AIDS and Corona is, is yeah. so close. There's a lot of crossover and it really yeah. all comes down to who's willing to wear a mask, a penis mask or a, a mouth mask, you know? And, and you see who's not wearing the mask. And you see who's not wearing a mask and who's having protests outside about not wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And literally entire white cities are shutting down about not wearing masks. Black people, if we're not wearing masks, we kind of just do it privately. Yeah, we ain't making a big funk about it. It's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to wear it. I'm going to hang out with whoever I'm comfortable with. Off the record, I'm going to say that's not true because I've seen, uh, I don't know if I can say this, but niggas on the gram going live at, um, at a club in Atlanta. And nobody sure. had a mask on. So I, I just I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if that was like right I, to say, but listen, I just off the record, I was like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people just whoo. I was like, baby, well, where do you live? Florida. Oh, that's why that's why Florida is very prevalent with a with a corona, because they just got hookah everywhere. Well, I'll say this. First of all, it's devastating to hear you throw black people under the bus. And then <laughs> number two. <laughs> I hate that you hate your you own needed, people You so needed much, balance. So. You needed balance. <laughs> Just... I hate that you hate Black people so much. But Obsessed. that's fine. The number wow. two, what I will say is that I totally agree that we are 100% being irresponsible yeah. in our behaviors with Corona. But uh, I think the difference is we ain't making this everybody's problem. This is just some shit that we're going to do if you decide to be a part of it. Great. If you decide not to be a part of it, go home, nigga. I'm about to get some pussy. You right. know what I mean? Like I ain't, I'm not tripping about like making this some sort of like uh march on the streets about how I, this is taking away my rights, in part because black people haven't had the right to be that free in the first place. But I also want to say, in terms of corona, I can talk to so many people who they know somebody who died of corona. People mm -hmm. dying corona. When they were saying how the like AIDS epidemic was happening, um, I did not know that many people who were dying of AIDS. Sure, you were also uh, five, so yesterday yeah, so probably that, wasn't uh, telling me. You're right. Yeah, right. It, it wasn't like you were hanging out with kids at the playground who were. Uh, yeah, but dirty I mean, the, the parents, uh, the way, and I grew up with like old, old old black people like over 65 mm -hmm. the way they talk you were gonna know you were, i got you well you know he died of that thing you know? right yeah he got yeah. It, it got him <laughs> what 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 was it uh -huh. but when you hear that language you know later on right. oh sylvester died of aids okay sure yeah <laughs> that's what it was R.I.P. Sylvester. Yeah. That, if they died of drugs, you. we know that. We right. they won't have no problem saying that they died of drugs. They'll say the drug. Yeah. They'll say the Crack. but if it's if it's that dangerous word yeah. of, of AIDS, mm -hmm. now we're in a different conversation. Right. Well, it's fascinating you say that because some of the research that I found, because there's a bunch of studies that basically try to figure out where this conspiracy theory comes from. Mm -hmm. And a big response that people are having about the misunderstandings around AIDS or certainly like the conspiracies around AIDS are rooted in a distrust of the government that black and brown people don't naturally trust the government and therefore are not believing the suggestions that the government makes about the best ways of dealing with any pandemic. That like, just because y'all said it's the correct way of handling things doesn't mean it actually is correct because there's a history here of y'all telling us stuff is correct and it not being. Right. And so like, there's a bunch of examples throughout history of like, the I tried to dig up things that the government had done to black and brown people. And one of the biggest things that sort of comes out is obviously you have your Tuskegee syphilis experiments yes, where yes. they 
did all that awful shit by basically testing these syphilis uh literally the fucking disease on black people and just letting it kill them but then uh you have all these examples of sterilization in black and brown communities that like either after pregnancy or during pregnancy or at the age that they are even uh available to have kids black and brown people being made sterile by their physician because they are considered you know not ready to have a baby for whatever reason Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I I can say that it is a conspiracy theory to the whole like how AIDS was created and who was it for. But the way things work, it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a racial thing. It's not a racial thing. It only becomes a racial thing if you're tr- it's propaganda. For me. Yes, exactly. Hold well, on. That's how they get you. That's how they get you because they now you're talking something that I truly believe. I don't know a hundred percent that uh AIDS was engineered in a lab by an evil white man who then distributed it in the black community. Right. I'm not sure that I'm bought into that. But what I am bought into is the very real possibility that they are intentionally creating a mistrust, a distrust with the government and black and brown people so that they can continue to grow AIDS or grow these negative diseases in our community. That so long as we don't trust each other, there's never going to be any real education around prevention and health in these communities. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That that definitely makes sense because when like when we had like the war on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. It was like why well why is there a liquor store on every other corner and what where yeah. are they getting the guns and how are they making the drugs? How are they getting the drugs? And it's like yeah, that I I do believe that somebody was pushing it in the yeah. communities, but then it's like if we think it's the man doing this, then how do we stop it? Mm-hmm. And then the propaganda fucks up your head and you you there's no solutions. There's just right. us talking about what it could possibly be and not fixing the issue. Exactly. And I would argue, I think they like being the man. To your point, I think that there's a part of the white community that truly wants to remain the man in this situation because it enables a power for them and then also enables us to kill ourselves for their benefit that like so long as the man exists we can't actually fix the problem and if we can't fix the problem like you said they get paid thirteen thousand dollars a body for some reason yeah and if you're and if at the time like oh aids is through sex and it's like stopping us or scaring us to have sex Mm-hmm. And we can't comfortably have sex or we're having sex because, ooh, we're not supposed to be having sex. Right. So when they were having these programs of sex education and making it like, you should be waiting to have sex. Everybody is having sex because mm-hmm. you're telling us not to. And I'll go a step further. I don't know how you feel, but the times I want pussy the most is when somebody says you can't have pussy. That's when I get the most excited about it. Well, hmm. <laughs> off the record that sounds very man of you uh as a woman when i hear somebody doesn't want to have sex that's when i say it's time to go to bed you know? okay so. well now you're making it a consent <laughs> argument and i feel like a monster yes i think i was thinking more in terms of society but you made this specifically about consent and i want to be clear for my listeners okay. that i'm not a rapist I'm not a rapist. That's not what this podcast honey, is about. That's honey, a different you, podcast. Honey, you said it. It came off your tongue. You All right, said we're going to take another break and we'll be back with more Sydney Washington and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we are back. We're back here with more Sydney Washington, more my mama told me. We're still talking about that pesky AIDS virus and where it comes from and why white people want us to believe that it's killing black and brown people. Do you still feel like your community is uh, is having the same fights that it was when you were a kid? Is Harlem still sort of like in the midst of the same sort of like battle that it was in when you were a child? No, it's gentrified as fuck. It's right. gentrified. I mean, when they put when they put the Whole Foods there, when they well, originally they, when they put the Red Lobster there, I was like, oh wow, they really cleaned up the place. And then I realized, oh, Beyonce made that song and talked about the, the biscuits and you know why why <laughs> people know about it. And now they they took Red Lobster from us. And sure. then all of a sudden there was like a, a gap in all these different stores. And it's like, oh, if this is not for us, they're cleaning up 125th Street for the Alabasters. So, Mm -hmm. no, we don't. There's not as much crime and there's not as much. Well, they said that New York has a high level of crime right now. But that's because, you know, people weren't working for a long time and, you know, the cops. And But I will say that Harlem is not Harlem anymore. I mean, it is white people everywhere. The culture is seeping out of our hands. Every year I step into, I used to live in Harlem, um, like, six years ago and I lived in a brownstone and everybody in the building was black. When I left, Mm -hmm. everyone was white. Wow. My fault. Well, I I will blame myself. My roommate was white and took over my apartment. And then she invited (laughs) another white person to live on the, on the second floor. It was my fault. I gentrified my own building, but I'm just saying. Oh man. You introduced the seed. You were the virus that ate the white blood cells that, yeah. that destroyed everything in the, that community. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is patient zero for gentrification that we're speaking to this afternoon. And it's devastating. I am AIDS. Sorry. <laughs> I am AIDS. <laughs> I think we should make that the title. Of no, the you I not. am AIDS with <laughs> Sydney Washington. <laughs> okay. I hate you. I want to play a game with you, and this is a very fun game that I like Mm -hmm. to call White White Lies. Lies. Ugly, you're disgusting, I'm going to kill you, give me $200. Okay, White Lies, it's a fun game where I am going to introduce to you a conspiracy theory widely held in the white community. Mm -hmm. And then I would like for you to unpack why you believe that white people care about this conspiracy so much. What do you think this offers to them? What are these sneaky motherfuckers up to? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All right, check it out. Here's your conspiracy theory to unpack. White people, for years, you're familiar with the Chicago fire. For years, white people have claimed that the Chicago fire was started by a cow owned by Mrs. O'Leary, Catherine O'Leary, was uh, started by a cow kicking over an oil lantern and then that oil lantern leading to these massive fires across like 3,000 acres of Chicago. Why do you think that white people are so committed to this argument that Catherine O'Leary's cow is the cause of the Chicago fire? Who's Catherine O'Leary? 
Just a lady who had a cow in her. They backyard. just named anybody. It was Catherine O'Leary. Catherine O'Leary. She was a real lady. She wasn't she, just no, no, like no. a. It's a real lady, but it just yeah. Right there, when you start off with the name, boom! Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm don't believe you. <laughs> Wait, Catherine O'Leary had a cow. It sounds like a fable. Okay. Long, long time ago, Catherine O'Leary had a cow, and the cow kicked right. over the and the cow kicked over the moon. Like it's just. I mean, they're so, they have to um, believe in this because they don't want to be seen as terrible people. Okay, I'm listening. I I mean, when you look at Rosewood, when you look at the, you know, Black Wall Street, when, like, them tearing down our communities because of race, when you hit them with those facts, they're like, ooh, that shows them how trash they are. So if they so we can't really pinpoint how these fires started. If you say something outrageous like this cow kicked over this thing and the fire started, they won't. We can't say that. Oh, white people started this fire to tear down Chicago from the black community. You're you're saying that there could have been something more sinister happening here. Yes, and Mm -hmm. they tried to cuten it up by being like, "Oh, it was a cow that kicked over the lantern, and not one of us that did that." You know what makes it even more fascinating? Because I think at that time, Chicago, at least the sections that burned, or at least part of what burned, was a predominantly white community. But here's what's fascinating. Catherine O'Leary is an Irish name. And at the time that this cow kicks over this lantern, quote unquote, Mrs. O'Leary's cow, the Irish were the niggas of the Americas, right? That like they were the people that white people detested almost as much as they detested us. Not quite as much because they never made them slaves. Yeah, or hung them from trees. Yeah, yeah. they just yelled at them a lot and told them they couldn't work at places. Mm -hmm. But I think that a part of it was like, well, Okay, there were no black people around, so we'll just blame it on this Irish lady and her stupid cow. Okay, maybe you're right. I mean, I mean, I have never even heard of that story <laughs> until right now. So the story dumb as hell, but I, it, yeah, it's not a good story. No, it's, it's not for the one of the biggest fires in history to burn down an entire city. I will tell you that, like the smallest fire can turn into something big. I know this because I burned my house down as a child. And it it was just a small, like me lighting a fake cigar that was plastic. It caught on fire. It melted into a a bag of newspapers that I was so unaware. I did not know that these bags were there. And then 30 minutes later, the whole front of the house is just in flames. Holy shit. Yeah, I I can't I can't. Did believe. you burn it to the point that it was unlivable? Like you um, all could not live there. Anymore? No, we couldn't live there. We had to relocate um, to our cousin's house and stay there for almost a year. So, so you you in essence are Mrs. O'Leary. You are this this person who may or may not be uh, responsible for it, but that people were going to place blame on no matter what. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, so I, I'm like honestly, I was like, you know what? That the cow probably did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Just I'm don't fu- blame Catherine. I'm I'm fucking cow. My bad. Well, here's the craziest part: is you said you lit this play cigar, you put it in a pile of newspapers. No, no, no I didn't put it. in. Don't do that. Don't. Okay. Don't do that. Right. Get the story right. It melted it into a bag of newspapers. Accident. Okay. It was, an, you, a- you it was were, an accident. Say were, it was an accident. Say it was an accident. <laughs> It okay, acts, you accidentally, accidentally it was yes. an accident that Allegedly, you may not yes. have been associated with, but we'll we'll presume that you weren't. Allegedly. Let's just go there. Allegedly, yeah, that melted into this bag. Part of the way the Chicago fire happened is because the entire city at that point was made of wood. Do you know what I mean? Like every uh, building was made of wood, much like okay. your newspaper and your bags and whatever. Yeah. So it's it's this dumb thing where it's like, well, yeah, if there's any fire, this whole thing's going to go up in flames. Yeah. Because y'all ain't, why the fuck would you make a whole city out of wood? Who does that? Who has bags of newspaper laying around the, the home? It, you know, I just think that it's, um, it's time. It's time. <laughs> it's time to you know, be better with our fires and not sure. blame people. And uh-huh. it's not the cow's fault. It's not mm-hmm. Catherine O'Leary's fault. And we just need to, it's not, it's not a white lie. I think it, 
actually happened and we need to respect. <laughs> it did happen, but we need to not blame them for it is what right. you're suggesting. Exactly. That we should free Catherine O'Leary from the obligations of feeling respect. Clear her name. Clear, Clear her Catherine's name. name. She's yeah. a good lady. And she had a nice cow mm -hmm. and that lantern wasn't her fault. Cows, not the smartest. Not the smartest animal. Yeah. Off the record, I'm a cow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> well, I think that does it. I think we've solved all the problems that we needed to solve today. I think more than anything, we've learned that it probably is engineered. And even if it isn't, the intentional engineering of hatred and fear is part of the way that you keep these diseases spreading and dangerous in the black and brown communities. No wonder you're married. You're, you're a good man. We really appreciate all the information you have in that. that um, five, seven? You're five, seven? All right. Now this is turning into a hate <laughs> podcast. <laughs> How dare you? My license, my license, my driver's license says 511 and I stand by that. I stand by it. I'm a, I'm a medium sized man and I'll never let you degrade me. Medium. Belittle okay. me. Right. All right. Sydney, tell the people where they can find you. I'm done with you. Go ahead. Tell the people. I have a podcast called The Unofficial Expert. It's on Fridays on Forever Dog. You can catch it on Spotify and all the places that you listen to podcasts. Um, I also have a show on Sundays on uh, Instagram Live because that is our lives now. Um, it's uh, it's at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's hashtag Sid can cook. I can't cook, but I find ways to cook in front of my terrible friends and they try to help me. And <laughs> everybody loves watching it. And having terrible comments it's great and oh i'm on instagram as just said bw j-u-s-t-s-y-d-b-w and and send me comments and dms because it it helps my um, ego thank you yes please send her dms unsolicited dms for sydney washington she loves them she can't get enough of them i can't get <laughs> as, enough of them as always you can follow me at langston kerman on instagram and twitter this has been a fun one bye Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.